I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Imaginable Workplace, where we explore how to make work better. I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy power, and value there is in listening. And I'm Jen Horn, a certified transformational coach and culture practice lead at Haraya Coaching. Haraya is a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. In our first episode, we are discussing toxic workplaces and what we can do about them. To start, Let's hear from someone who shared her story with us. Hi, uh, my name is Ben, and I work in the field of learning and organizational development. So I used to work for um, a Singapore-based impact enterprise, and I started my job there, I think it was August 2021. And unfortunately, during my first week on the job, uh, my family got hit by COVID-19. So we were all experiencing very severe symptoms of COVID. And then I was, you know, I was waiting it out. I was thinking if I could go through my first week, if I could go through my onboarding. But then a few days later, um, I think it was a Thursday, August 19, I asked if I could take a step back for a bit because I had to take my dad to the hospital. They said, sure, okay, do that first. And then I thought, okay, that's great. At least I could focus on my family for now. But then the following day, they were asking me um, when I could report back to work. And they were asking me to send photos of how I'm doing. And um, I thought that was a bit weird because, you know, I I told you that I took my dad to the hospital. Why are you asking me when I'm going back to work? Eventually, a few days later, my dad passed away. So I let them know that that happened. And then, of course, they said their condolences. But the following day, they asked if I will already be able to go back to work. So since I felt pressured, I think I only gave myself about three to five days to process what happened. um, And then I reported back to work. Of course, I was processing the loss of a parent. and, And at the same time, my mom had suffered her second stroke. And whenever we would have meetings, I couldn't really contribute because I couldn't think straight. And then one time, my boss called me out and said, I know you're going through something, but I need you to get your shit together. Wow, kamusta naman yung ganong trabaho na after mong magkasakit at mawalan ka ng mahal sa buhay, ganyan pa yung sasabihin sa'yo. What did you think of that story, Jen? Yeah, it's really one of the most pervasive issues in the workplace. And in this particular example, kita natin yung dehumanizing siya. Kasi parang di ka na-recognize bilang whole person, it feels like cog ka lang sa machine na expect ka lang to, to do the work regardless of kung ano yung pinagdadaanan mo at that time. I think we have to note no, na this is a really extreme case. 
One in terms of say how extreme the things that we were undergoing as a global population were, and how despite how extreme the prevailing circumstances were, anong expectation was normal parin dapat makapasok ka parin, and the expectation of showing up and leaving things at the door. That's something that we used to really accept. I think I come from a generation where you're supposed to be able to separate yourself from the work. I actually came across this series, Carl, called Severance. It is so intense. As in, yun talaga, isa siya talagang example, no? Yung parang delineating or like just really compartmentalizing the person. Na you recognize that the person has a work self and a home self. Hindi natin na-acknowledge na buo siyang tao eh. Hindi mo naman basta-basta siya masusplit. I guess that's where the toxicity comes in. Yung hindi na natin na-recognize yung pagkatao ng mga tao. So I, I think one of the reasons why that show exists and one of the reasons why we're doing this specific episode is that while extreme yung story neto ni Ben, hindi uncommon yung what we would call a, a toxic workplace. And yung word na toxic, pag binitawan mo, it feels like alam mo. But I think the important thing here, particularly for this episode, is that we want to come to a better understanding of what these toxic situations and workplaces are so that we can begin to fix them. So while we have some experience of trying to work in and understand toxic workplaces, we knew that it would be better if we talked to an expert. So here's Jackie Kaniza, a managing partner of Haraya Coaching. There was a research done and published in the MIT Sloan magazine and they identified what they called the toxic five. These are the things that have a negative experience on employees and how they feel about the workplace. So the first red flag is disrespectful behavior. When people feel that there is a lack of regard for themselves, a lack of courtesy, perhaps even a lack of respect for boundaries, that would fall under that category of disrespectful behavior. And that in itself can be quite relative and a wide, wide range, right? Each individual will have their own kind of measure of when will I feel disrespected? But definitely, if enough people are saying that in a workplace, then you want to be paying attention for sure. The second is non-inclusive behaviors. So inequity towards certain groups of people. This was a U.S. published article, so you can imagine that disabilities, race, age, gender, and that in itself being a reason for not feeling included or belonging in the workplace. The third is unethical behavior. When perhaps the company or even leaders of the company or other colleagues in the company are behaving in such a way that is dishonest or going against perhaps what is believed to be socially acceptable standards of how we should operate. The fourth is cutthroat behavior. People who are backstabbing, competition that is not healthy, and then abusive. This is outright verbal abuse, bullying, harassment, hostility, all of those would fall under that. So these are the toxic five that they identified. It's important for us to understand that this toxic five was studied in the U.S. There are certain things here that actually hold 
even across borders and across cultures. My reaction to seeing this Toxic Five was that uh, at the start, yung disrespect, it's a perceived thing. It's hard to quantify. Kumbaga, kung dadali mo sa HR yung issue, ay hindi nila ako nire-respect. Hindi ganun kalinaw. Pero as you go up in the listing of behaviors, it becomes more challenging. And sort of the worse the behavior is, the easier it is to pinpoint and and then to hopefully to take action. Jen, you had some interesting research related to this. What Jackie shared was based on the research by Donald and Charles Saul. Tapos, they found nga that toxic culture was the single best predictor of attrition during the first six months of the Great Resignation. So, ano ba tong Great Resignation? So, siya yung parang trend of employees quitting in mass numbers in the US in 2021. And it was found na... 10 times more powerful than how they viewed their compensation, yung toxic work culture, in predicting whether people would quit their jobs or not. It's so relevant nga because even for like leaders and managers, to have this awareness and cognizance of how your team is responding to this because then it becomes even more costly when you don't manage this. Yung mga disgruntled and very disrespected employees will just up and leave. And you have to think about, how do I recruit new people again? And then, yeah, no, parang just do what you said also, Carl. No? In the research, they also made it clear that, you know, toxicity, it wasn't just all of these annoying things that we have to complain about in the workplace. Hindi siya yung basta, oh, like may bureaucratic ek-ek or there's just something annoying. I don't like my boss's voice or uh, the way he talks. But really, it's like a lot of the the content around that, nga, like what Jackie said, like whether there are hints to uh, like a lack of respect, a non, non-inclusion and abusive cutthroat behavior. I have a question, Jen. How would you classify yung sinabi ng employer ni Den na uh, you have to get your shit together and get back to work? Which of these would that be? I would say it's a cross between like the disrespect, right? Again, it's kind of that conversation and not acknowledging the whole person. But then maybe I would also say it's it's abusive or you know condescending, talking down to the employee na parang, yeah, get your shit together. I guess to better understand it, we need to understand what the root of toxic behavior is. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to this next story. Hi, my name's Denise and I'm a social media and content manager from a peer agency. One of the toxic behaviors and cultures that I've experienced from my previous workplace is the seniority and power tripping culture. At first, it was a given for me to really treat the elders with respect, because that's how I was raised as a kid, but it gets really toxic when I started noticing that people from my previous job, these seniors would assert their seniority over everything, you know, even in going over factual documents or outputs that are based on research and uh, correct information, these uh, seniors would go miles in proving that they're right even though it's on the grounds that they are in the company longer than I was. So it was toxic to me, you know, because even when I felt like the work that I do is based on solid truth, solid uh, research and facts, 
I let these seniors take over my judgment because at the end of the day, I would believe that their call was what matters and not mine. And I believed that for one and a half year in that job. And it was not a good mindset for me because I came to a point when I doubted my skill and the work that I do altogether. I guess my uh, insight or my takeaway from this experience, number one is that this power tripping culture, this seniority, is more of a systemic problem from the employer's end. You know, if an employer would let one or two people in the workplace promote this culture, it will just be an endless cycle that is not conducive for new employees. Second is that in the middle of it all, I learned to listen to myself more and be kinder to myself because even when I know that I was right, I let them take over my thoughts. And it was really counterproductive. Itong story ni Denise, I think there's a lot here that will resonate with a lot of us who have found ourselves in workplaces where seniority is more important. It's going to be a challenge when you're working with senior staff and that senior staff, by virtue of their seniority, assumes na mali ka na dahil bata ka. And one of the things about senior staff is that seniors, executives, managers, what have you, they're going to set the tone. They're going to establish what the work culture is. So if ganyan sila, edi mas ma-incentivize ka na sumunod lang. So that you don't get in trouble. And then magpa-propagate, no? Am I, am I reading that right, Jen? Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree that the senior leaders talaga sila yung nagsaset ng tone. To what Denise said nga na it's a systemic problem. <laughs> because certain, you know, habits are, are, are kind of embedded already by the senior leader. It becomes this cycle, as, as she said, na hindi rin na-empower yung new employee to exert themselves to actually maybe call out things that need to be improved. Uh, and buti nga kung nagtatapos lang siya sa ganun eh. Pero what if it even really makes the employee doubt their own ability and sends them down this downward spiral of just never knowing now what to do <laughs> unless, you know, they're explicitly told by the senior officer or, or what have you. The reason why seniority is a premium is because senior people have experienced more things. And they've seen how things play out. And so, meron silang bank of information that they can then apply to new situations. That's why it's valued. But the thing is, kung isipin mo, a lot of the jobs that we occupy didn't exist. Wala namang podcast CEO 20 years ago. And it doesn't make sense then to assume that there's a seniority that will give the value of your past experience more of a chance of being right. And so we need to see that maybe young people have a perspective that is necessary for the right decision making. And acknowledging that and opening things up will, will make things better. So I, I won't name like any specific employers at this point. But I've, you know, been on the receiving end of certain toxic situations. And for a time, I thought it's probably going to make me stronger. Because when you're in school, there's like this weird competitiveness and celebration kapag naka-survive ka ng terror prof. And so 
may time din where we knew that there were certain terror bosses na kailangan mo silang i-survive or pagdaanan. But this made me then question, know, what comes first? Is it there's a toxic workplace and then a person becomes toxic because they're in that workplace? Or is a person toxic and then they show up at a place and then suddenly that place becomes toxic? So we asked Jackie. You can't have a toxic workplace without people driving behavior that lead to that, right? There are probably behaviors that might have started with one thing and then another and then another. And as it got accepted, as it became, you know, maybe it it was unspoken or it wasn't called out or it was tolerated or even celebrated to an extent, then you begin to have culture. In many, many cases, as at least from what I've seen, they are very heavily leader-influenced, right? So the leader themselves may not necessarily be exhibiting these behaviors, but if they're aware that this is happening and do nothing, that's leader-influenced, right? If I allow certain behaviors to continue on without addressing them. Or if I myself encourage this behavior. Yeah, and like we said, Kanina, leaders are the ones who establish the work culture. But Jackie, how would you say toxic behaviors actually evolve in a person? You could go as far back as educational background, cultural background, family background, all of those things combined that lead you to becoming who you are. Habits formed and wired in your brain. And you come into a workplace and that workplace can influence how much of those habits will manifest or not. So if I had come from this kind of macho culture, right, and I come in and I express that and somebody calls me out and says, that's not acceptable here, I will adjust. I will adjust, right? So there is this very real relationship between that, me, my background, and manifesting, and how much of it is condoned, accepted in, in where I am. So earlier we were saying the differences between a toxic workplace and a toxic person, and now the difference between toxic behavior and whether a toxic person actually exists. So Jackie, do you think a person can be called toxic? You know, I, I, I think as coaches, one of the things that we would be espousing and one of the principles that we would hold is that there is no toxic person. There may be behaviors that would be you know, considered or described as toxic that lead to negative impact on others. But that person themselves, I would not describe as toxic, right? Because if we take everything apart, our brains operate in very much the same way. Our hearts operate in very much the same way. Our guts operate in very much the same way. Inside, we're all the same. And so to say one person is toxic versus another, I think is a a little too far-fetched. But definitely, there is toxic behavior. There are things that, if I'm not well aware, could be creating havoc 
in my workplace, right? I could be a leader and making decisions and leaving a trail of injured bodies along the way. Can people change their behavior? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why there's no toxic person, right? These are habits that have been formed, behaviors that have been molded for one reason or another. Maybe they went through a really bad professor experience and they themselves thought, okay, this is how I need to be and therefore become like that in the workplace. But there are ways of addressing that. This is something then that we believe with coaching. We recognize the whole person. We recognize the person's ability to change. We believe in neuroplasticity, right? And when we talk about neuroplasticity, it just means that, you know, our brains are capable of changing. Hindi tayo isang fixed way. Yung mga sinasabi natin, ah, ganyan na talaga siya, or ako, ganito na lang talaga ako. And that no person is bad. <laughs> Parang they have some bad behaviors. Maybe for some people, actually, some of those bad behaviors may have served them. Maybe it was like a coping mechanism for something. But maybe it's also just, you know, acknowledging, okay, yeah, so there is this behavior, just acknowledging how is it serving me and how it hasn't served me. And maybe what I should be doing to be better, basically, and less toxic, diba? Because it's, it's, again, parang going back to the behavior of the person and knowing that we can change those behaviors, right? As long as we have enough of the will and also the support and the systems that reinforce, you know, more positive behaviors. If we are capable of changing ourselves, which I think sometimes is more difficult than changing the workplace, then this is something we can aspire to do. And to that end, we're going to listen to one more story. This time, a listener phone in. From a Jen, that is not our co-host, Jen. Hi, my name is Jen. I'm in marketing, and I work for a tech startup. It's really more of my boss that has made the workplace toxic more than anything. The worst of his behaviors really is that if he sees you do something wrong... He doesn't tell you privately, whether through a direct message on Slack or email or, you know, setting you aside for a one-on-one. He does it in public channels. So he brings it up in group channels on Slack where a lot of other people can see it. Or it happens during our weekly meetings where other people in the department are also there to witness it. I don't mind feedback, even negative feedback, but, you know, there's also a way for people to provide constructive criticism, and unfortunately, I don't think he's ever mastered the art of that, or I don't think he even thinks that there is a way to say it. He just says it, and the worst of it really is that he doesn't know when to stop, so like I remember there was this one meeting, and he kept repeating himself for like five minutes at least, maybe even longer. He kept going, this is not good. This is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. And he kept saying the same thing over and over. And it's like, okay, right? I get it. I get it. Can you please stop? Yeah. So, you know, it just becomes too embarrassing at some point and humiliating, to be honest. I've tried to talk to him about it. 
And unfortunately, over the months that I've been working with the company and working with him, I haven't seen any change in his behavior. And the last time we had a serious one-on-one conversation, I really felt that there was this lack of empathy in his response. I finally decided, you know, this is not worth the stress, the heartache, the (laughs) mental health issues that it was bringing up in me. Uh, So I finally said, you know, this isn't going anywhere. This isn't working out. I will just leave. I think the sad thing about this Jen story was that the only solution was to resign. Parang yun yung frustrating thing for me was that resignation for a lot of us should be the last option. Apart from that though, Jen, like what other opportunities are there apart from resigning? Oh my gosh. I mean, I would say kasi like talk to the person that you have problems with, but just in this example, it wasn't available to this person. So to answer your question, Carl, I will defer to Jackie. I mean, definitely you have an option, right? You always have a choice. I think that's the first thing that people need to kind of be aware of. I always have a choice. Not doing something, not saying something is a choice in itself. And just to be aware of why I am making this choice, right? I'll give you a specific example. I work with a coaching client who has a very toxic relationship with the boss. And has decided to stay in this job. Others might look at that and kind of judge and say, but ka pa nandyan? Eh, alam mo na toxic, but di ka umalis. Pero sa kanya, malinaw, bakit siya nandun? Mas importante sa kanya na magkaroon siya ng stable na trabaho, makapag-provide siya sa mga anak niya, single parent siya. Pero malinaw sa kanya that she is making this choice in this moment. Now, you could be in a totally different situation where you feel, I would be happy to leave anyway. I know I have options and I know I can go outside for something else. I will speak my mind because I want to help and I want to make a difference here. By all means, then you can speak up. Who might you speak up to? The first person obviously would be your own immediate boss. If that's not available to you, then HR would be your next recourse. Uh, that's the typical process. So the question is more, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to take after you voice out or express your opinion? I agree. I agree with totally with Jackie. Na for a lot of people, they feel stuck in their situation, diba? It's not as easy for the individual to be able to resolve the toxicity in that culture or Maybe there's some things in the culture that maybe help perpetuate the negative behaviors, diba? Ako, pala resign ako. <laughs> Before, gagawin ko lang, tiis. Diba? Tiis lang. Tiis, tiis, tiis. Tapos mapipi ko na ako, tiis, tiis. And then, pag napuno, wala na, resign na. And then, hanap na na ibang trabaho. While I understand yung pag-resign ko was a way for me to defend myself, it also didn't leave space for the organization to improve. So that's the next thing that we ask Jackie about. What can we do like as an employee and as a manager? Starting from yourself, what can you do? I like that. I like that the reference is you. 
personally, right? What can you start to do? Because I think that's the first thing to recognize that all you can do is really change your own behavior. How am I interacting with other people? How am I showing more respect? How am I showing more openness towards others who are different than me, who have different opinions than me? If you are a leader, then you have a much bigger responsibility, I would say, and a much bigger opportunity to make a difference, right? Your role as a leader is to create spaces that feel safe for people to express when they are feeling this toxicity. You know, one of the things that we found that employees appreciated the most, lalo na itong pandemic, that managers could do, very simple, very cheap, just ask people how they are. And really mean it, diba? Talagang gusto mong malaman kung kamusta ba talaga siya. Not necessarily work-related, diba? Hindi yung kamusta yung trabaho, nagawa mo na ba? <laughs> yung kamusta ka. That is one super powerful thing that people appreciate the most and I think are taken for granted a lot by leaders. Another example I think is in team meetings, if you start with a you know a mode of openness where you allow people to express themselves, we do what we call a check-in at the beginning of every meeting where there's a question, every person in the room has to answer that question. And that question could be a silly one. It could be a profound one. doesn't matter. What you're doing is you're providing an opportunity for everyone's voice to be heard. So basically, highlights for me in this episode is really for you as an individual employee in the company, maybe just to start also thinking or being more mindful of, you know, how am I interacting with other people? How am I showing others more respect? How am I including more people in certain conversations, diba? And as Jackie also mentioned, you know, for, for leaders and managers, it's really about creating safe spaces for people to express how they're feeling, yung mga support that they need. And then just asking people how they are and really meaning it and not just because you may kailangang requirement from them. And then third and finally, yung having that openness with open lines of communication with your team and clarity no, on what support looks like for your team. And with that, we are at the end of our first episode. And the thing I want to come away with is we're calling the show The Imaginable Workplace. But we're starting from this position of like the toxicity. And it's because we're hitting something head on. We're looking at a prevalent problem and we're not giving you a silver bullet solution. But once you start thinking about the behaviors that you want in your office, then you can begin to make those changes. And we hope that moving from this episode and with all of our future episodes, we're able to provide our listeners with small pieces of information, wisdom, guidance so that they can work towards these better workplaces for everyone. I'm Carl Javier. And I'm Jen Horn. Thank you for listening to The Imaginable Workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Haraya Coaching, a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. In partnership with Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Macy Hoven and edited by Mark Casillian. 
we're sure that if you enjoyed this podcast, then you know somebody else who would also want to improve their workplace. So please share this with a friend. Together, let's create an imaginable workplace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.